Good morning. How are you? Good. Man, did you receive that financial breakthrough? Something's changing. Glory to God. Amen. That's, you know, sometimes people will look at stuff like that and they'll say, well, they're just putting on and um, no, no, no. That's not what that is. Uh, just, you know, let me give you a clue of it. We've talked about it quite a bit, but let me give you an example of that. Just a few weeks, I was standing up there, and uh, just a few weeks ago, what, a month, and uh, approximately, and I stood up there, and the Lord dropped a word in, just like he dropped that in. And he said, supernatural debt erased this week, right? That week, uh, the hospital made a decision uh, and supernaturally canceled over $7,800 of debt. When does the hospital do that? Yes, amen. Amen. She said, all the time for me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But a word like that, it changes things. Why does a word like that change things? Because we're made in the image and likeness of God. And how did he change things? He spoke and it was done. He spoke like be and like was. See, he spoke. So what does he do today? He'll give a word through a man or a woman of God and they speak and people will believe it and receive it by faith and they'll have it. They'll have it. So for anybody who, you know, who doesn't know about what I was talking about today, well, maybe you'll, maybe you'll get it, maybe not. But for the people that say, man, I believe my finances are changing today. That's working in you now. That anointing, that virtue is working in you now. And God wants you to be wealthy. God wants you to be wealthy. Why? Because in abundance, he can do every good work. And that's what he says in 2 Corinthians 9. He says, I've given you the power to get wealth to establish my covenant. Two parts of that. Number one, he loves you. A part of his covenant is he loves you. And he wants to get good stuff to you. Right? The other part of it is he wants to get good stuff to you because he wants to flow through you. In other words, you know, it takes money to, to share the gospel. It takes money to go around the world. It takes, it takes money and abundance to do every good work. And so in order to establish his covenant, we need to be operating in wealth. And this is very important. We need to be operating in prosperity. That's why he said, by the Holy Ghost, in 3 John 1, verse 2, Beloved, above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. He, he is a prosperity God. There's people that have talked bad about a prosperity gospel. And see, what is exactly wrong with money? Nothing. It's a tool. What is wrong with the love of money? Everything. Right. That's the issue. It's not money that's evil, it's the love of money that's evil. And many people love it way, way too much. And that's where the root of all evil comes from. It started in Satan. As he was doing kingdom business, he actually messed up in his use of kingdom finances. In the economy of, of God, he mishandled it. It talks about that in the Old Testament. That was the root of all evil. That's where he started messing up in that way. Now... You have to understand, though, that money is just a tool. And when you utilize that tool, it'll just magnify who you are. Right. You take an evil man, give him a lot of money, he'll do evil with it. Right. You take a good person, you give him a lot of money, and he'll do good with it. Yeah. It's a, it magnifies who you are. Same thing with power. You give power to the wrong person, it'll be magnified. You give it to a good person, and that good will be magnified. And so God wants good people to have their hearts renewed, their soul renewed. And he says, even as your soul prospers, I want you in your health and in your finances to prosper. It's God's plan. It always has been. But many people have misunderstood it. Many people have taken advantage of it. Preachers wrongly have taken advantage of it. And, and obviously that is horrible. That's a horrible. And they've actually taught people that it's wrong through their actions, although uh, it's not wrong what they did was wrong. And this is where you have to say, just because people mishandled something doesn't make, make it bad, right? It doesn't make the thing bad. It's what they do with it that turns it good or bad. And, and God wants us to move in wealth. He wants us to be wealthy. 
You know, why else would he prosper Abraham like he did? In Genesis, it said Abraham was very wealthy in silver and gold and livestock. And then it says in Galatians, you were blessed with faithful Abraham. Aren't you? Yeah, glory to God. You're blessed. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. I'm blessed with faithful Abraham. Then I need to walk in all the blessing, not just the ones I choose. Not just the one the world says, well, you can have this blessing. Well, you can go to heaven, but it's going to be hard on earth. Says who? That's not what Jesus said. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. There's promise after promise after promise in his love. I mean promise after promise after promise. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. Glory to God. He's a good God. And he wants you to win. He wants you to win. He, you know, 2 Corinthians, please put that up on the screen. 2 Corinthians 2.14, one of my favorites. You hear it almost every message here. I just, I don't know, I got revelation on it. And when I got revelation on it, it changed everything. Watch this. Now this is a promise from God. But thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Now, here's the thing. He's always leading, but are we always taking him by the hand? But if I will take him by the hand, I will always be led to triumph. Oh, I'm going to triumph. I'm holding holding Jesus. I wonder where Jesus is taking me. He's he's taking me to triumph. That's where he's always taking me. Always. All I have to do is take him by the hand. And he manifests through us. Manifest means this is not like some ethereal, super spiritual, oh, you know, thing. No, it's not just like, ooh, I got Holy Ghost goosebumps. Oh, great, it's on Sunday morning. No, that's not what it is. That's not what it is. No, he'll take the goodness of God and, and he will manifest it. He'll say, it's not just something to give you the goosebumps. Here it is. Boom. And he'll bring you the blessing. He'll say, here it is. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get the blessings to you. Manifest finances. Manifest health. Bring it into the physical. Manifest protection. You know, just a, you know, talking about words, like a year ago or so, I stood up here, I said, this week, the Lord spoke it, this week, supernatural protection. That week, Colleen's going down the highway in her van, A truck in front of her, the tire blows off the truck, bounces, and here's the window, here's her windshield. It's coming straight at the windshield. Is that right? And right as it gets about a foot from hitting the windshield, think about this, going down the highway and a truck tire is about to come through your windshield. Yeah, you couldn't go anywhere. She was trapped. The truck tire, what's it going to do to that van? demolish the whole thing kids and their family a foot from the windshield after that word the tire the tire goes whoop and pops up over the van she's like her kids go are we alive (laughs) you know supernatural protection a manifestation of God's love what if she wouldn't have been here that day to hear that word and let it build faith and be, be in her, be there to protect her. It's get under the word. Uh, you know, what we're supposed to be talking about today is the word works. The word works. It's that word, it's the words that he will speak through people. But God wants to manifest. That verse again, he manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him. See, when you come to know God and you come to know Jesus, you will find that in God and in Jesus, when you get to know him, I mean really get to know who he is, the aroma of that knowledge is sweet. It's sweet. It's a sweet aroma. Say it with me. Say, sweet. (laughs) I love it. Sweet aroma. It's a sweet aroma. That's who he is. He loves you. He's got good plans for you. A sweet aroma 
of the knowledge of him in how many places? In every place. Put that verse back up there. The sweet, he wants to always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Always, every, sweet. That's who he is. That's his love. This is a, this is a picture of his love and what he wants to do in your life. He's like, did you know that I was a good God? Well, how's some of that? Whoa! Take some of that goodness. That's what he wants to do in our lives all the time. Surprise us. Take our breath away. That's him. He loves us. He wants us to win. He wants us to win. He wants to be in victory. Now, he's not wanting you to win at your corrupted task, but when the things that God has set before us, a destiny. Oh, he wants you to win in life. He wants you to win in the plan that he's laid out for you. He's laid out a plan for you to win. Glory to God. If they're watching online, put that in the comments. He's laid out a plan for me to win. Write it down in your notes. God has laid out a plan for me to win. He's always leading you to triumph. He's not leading you to calamity. Now, here's the thing. Anybody ever not won? Anybody lost a lot? I did. But see, I had this thing going on. It's like I'd read verses like that, and I'd see where God wants me to win, but I had been losing, and I had a choice. I had to say, either God's lying, and I don't think he is, or I'm doing something wrong. And I can either get mad at God for my own doing something wrong, or I can turn to God and say, help me do it right. And he will. Because he's sweet. He's got a sweet aroma of the knowledge of him. Sweet. Huh? Oh, did they say? Sweet. That's good. She said they were little. When I said he's sweet, there were little voices throughout the congregation going, sweet. He is. It's, when you get to know him, it's a sweet aroma. A sweet aroma. A sweet aroma. Glory to God. We've been talking about the word works, and that's exactly what we were saying in the offering and in those testimonies we gave. When you get the word of God, whether it be scripture or the Holy Spirit think, uh, speaking through a man or a woman of God, say it with me. The word works. It works. So we just need to hear from them. And then if we'll hear from them, or if we'll take this word and we'll see a promise in there, or we'll see the character and nature of God, then the word will work for us if we will apply the word. But many people, what does the Bible say? It says, many people, are my people, he says, are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Another, another verse in Isaiah says, my people go into captivity for a lack of understanding. So, see, when we don't know that God has good things for us, when we don't know that he's sweet, when we don't know that, then the devil will come, he'll throw some stuff at us, and we'll just eat it. Like a fish. Swallow the bait whole. The devil's out there, yeah. Yeah, maybe God will bless you this time, maybe not. You know, you never know what God will be like. Oh, really? And now we're hooked into the corruption of the world. Hooked. <laughs> I just, I don't know why I feel like telling you this story. I mean, I know the Holy Spirit's leading me right now, but I don't know who it's for. But uh, this is a pretty good story. And, and I don't really know how it ties in with this, except that I just talked about fishing. <laughs> but I believe he wants me to share it, because it's interesting. So my brother and I were fishing out on a, um, you know, out on a lake behind the house. It wasn't a big lake, it was like, I don't know, five or six acres, something like that. It wasn't, wasn't really big, more like a pond close, but I think it was actually a lake uh, by definition. And um, 
that's important when you're playing the four-legged animal game. And uh, if you don't know what the four-legged animal game, that's another message. You'll have to wait until the Lord has me preach on what that is. And, uh, but, so we were fishing, and you know how we are when we go fishing, you know, we didn't go fishing a lot, and so we're like, hey, let's go fishing. Okay, well, we got to find some worms and, or grubs or something, I, you know, and um, so I had uh, not fished very much, and we hadn't fished in a long time, but I had developed, I'd found something that worked with bass pretty good, uh, whereas I would catch, you know, I'd, I'd just get a little hook and a little bobber, and then I'd catch a little fish, and so we caught like a fish like that big, you know, like two inches or something, and then we'd get a bigger hook and a bigger bobber, yeah. and we'd, we'd put that, uh, you know, put that through the back of the fish, the little fish, and then you throw it way out there or wherever you think a bass is, a bigger, big bass. And so then, which is what the devil will do, he'll hook you with one little thing, and then he'll keep grabbing more and more of your life. So that's, that applies. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. And, uh, <laughs> but then, then all of a sudden, uh, we're out there, and uh, I throw that thing as far out like this. And, uh, you know, and about that time, it, it's not sitting out there for long at all. And uh, a big, you know, all of a sudden, I see that bobber go, whoop, and I went, oh, oh, and, and it, you know, missed the hook. It missed the hook. So the bobber came right back up. But I, and uh, the fish, something grabbed it. I was like, glory to God, leave it sitting right there. Don't touch it, you know. And uh, about that time, uh, I, I was watching, and man, that bobber goes, you know, almost made a sound going down so fast, you know, and, and I went, whoa, so, and my brother had, uh, my brother had it, or I did, I rem he had it the second time, anyway, so, and we start reeling, and like, we have hooked a bass, and it was like, quick, we're like, master fishermen, that's what we are, glory to God, you know, and, and we're like, we're awesome, you know, we're thinking, this is great, this is quite a fish, you know, and about that time, we realized, you know, we really hadn't been fishing that much, and the line was rotten, and it goes, and breaks, and I'm, we're like, no, 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 no way. And then what happened after this was like a movie. And then we're like, oh my gosh. So we're sitting there and for about five minutes, we're just like, can you believe this just happened? Like we had a great fish and because we had this dumb line, you know, we missed this fish and, and golly. And uh, so we're sitting there and about, you know, two, three, four minutes later in the middle of the lake, boom, there comes the bobber. And we're like, did that come loose? And then we saw the bobber moving and swimming and we thought oh, it's still hooked to that fish you know, and and my we both looked at each other and we're like and we get it real real quick and we throw we have another fish and we throw it and we try to get it as close to that bobber as we can the second line like we're no we gotta try you know and it's about like 10 feet away from the first bobber and uh, that bobber's sitting there you know and it's got a little fish on it and all of a sudden here it goes dun -dun. Dun -a, dun -a, dun -a. And all of a sudden, that, second, that first bobber, it starts moving towards the second one. And we're like, oh, no, this is not happening. And, and all of a sudden, it gets fast. And, it, and the second bobber, like this. And he goes to reeling. And I think the, the uh, thing doesn't reel right. You know, we're, we're, we fish so much, you know. And, and it's not right. My brother just takes off like this down. The, he goes, ah, and he runs. And <laughs> I can see that fish underwater. <laughs> and literally, we caught the same fish twice and got it on. It was a nice fish. Like, I mean, it was a good fish. Crazy. 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 Now, do you believe that story? But it did happen. It happened exactly like that. I'm not making up a bit of it. That's exactly what happened. 
Maybe he's watching today and he can verify it. <laughs> that was a crazy story. Crazy story. Now, how does that relate to winning? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he'll refer back to it here in a minute. Maybe it was just to manifest some of the sweet aroma of the joy of the Lord in you this morning. But that happened. It was on the north side of Greensboro. It happened just like that. And uh, it was crazy. It literally was like a movie. When that bobber popped back up, we, we were like, oh, no way. No way. Make sure your equipment's in good order. The Lord wants you to win, but if you're not prepared, then you might lose the battle. If you don't know that the word works, if you don't know the word, then what God wants you to hook, you might not get. You might try. Isn't that exactly what he says in the parable of the sower? He says some people, they receive the, the seed, but it's on hard ground, and the, the enemy comes immediately to steal the seed of the word. He scoops up that seed of the word before he even gets to you. So it can be like this morning when there's a word, hey, I got financial breakthrough for you, but you've never heard that before, and you're, or, or maybe you think, no, nah, my stuff's just too big, it's too, it's too much. And what happened is your heart is actually hardened, and God's wanting to plant the seed of the word that's going to produce an eternal supernatural seed, breakthroughs happening today, but because we think that our problem's too big for God, our equipment is malfunctioning, and we lose the catch. Or maybe you receive that. Maybe you hear that word in that parable of the sower. It also says, but then sometimes the seed is planted in places of rocky soil or shallow soil. In other words, there's no depth there. In other words, people hadn't sat in under the word. They haven't heard the word preached. They haven't, they haven't heard these things come to pass. They haven't heard that word preached and spoken and, and taught. And so they may even amen it. Glory to God, I need a financial breakthrough. But they don't know that God wants them blessed. They don't know that God's given them the power to get wealth. All they've heard up is, of all their life about God is he wants them poor. And so they want that word so badly, but they, they've not tenderized the soil of their heart and God has a catch for them, but the line breaks because they got shallow depth in what they know. God wants you to win, but in order for the word to work, we've got to know the word. We have to be under the word. We have to sit under anointing. We can't just, we can't just hear the word. We can't just hear the word uh, by somebody who doesn't live it. You know, we can't just hear the word by somebody who doesn't live it. Go to uh, Romans chapter 10. Yeah, this message, and maybe we'll how to apply faith next week. It's a good message. By the way, on that how to apply faith on the daily broadcast, we're actually going through each step in detail. Uh, if you want to know more about each one of those. So look at Romans chapter 10. And I, I want you to see this in verse 17. It says, So faith, say it with me, faith, faith. comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Well, that's great, but what's important about faith? Let's go over to 1 John chapter 5. Hold your place there. We'll come back to Romans. I feel like a professional preacher now telling you to hold your place, and I'll come back. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. So he says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. All right, well, that's good. Faith comes, but why is faith important to us? Why is faith important to us? Well, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says this. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now see, if you're a Christian, you're born of God. 
Amen? What does that make you? Are you, are you sure? I, it sounded awfully light to me. What does that make you? Was that, well, maybe I'll try over here. It, it, what does that make you? Amen. Yeah, they got it over here. Let's, all right, second try. What does that make you? Oh, they got it too. Glory to God. Amen. If you're born of God, you're an overcomer. And then he says this. This is the victory. God wants you to win. God's leading you to victory. This is the victory. What he's about to tell you is something he wants to get in you so that you'll have the victory. And here, let me just put it this way too. If you don't get this in you, you won't walk in the victory like you should. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. King James says, even our faith. So when we get faith in God, in us, it will overcome. When we get faith in God's promises, in us, it will overcome the world. The world is representative of everything you have lacking. When you have a sickness in your body, uh, what's lacking is health. When you have uh, low finances in the bank account, what's lacking is money. When you have uh, uh, mental just harshness in your brain, what's lacking is the peace of God. And that's pieces of a corrupted world. You know, when sin entered into the world, God didn't want this to happen, but sin entered. All of a sudden, lack came in. Corruption came in, and lack came in with it. You know, there was no death in the world until sin came. God didn't want, God didn't want people to be uh, you know, beat up, sick, and beat down. No, in the garden, he had blessed them. Right. But they sinned and... Truth be told, we've sinned and we've added to the corruption on some level, but God said, I'm not leaving them in that place. I'm going to give them Jesus and I'm going to give them the tools that they can overcome. I'm going to give them seed time and harvest so that no matter where they're at, even behind enemy lines, they can plant a seed and I got to come and bring a harvest. It's a spiritual law. He's given us the tools of faith. He says, if you'll have faith, you can overcome any of that lack. Any of that lack, any of it, all you got to do is get some faith and apply it. So now we go back to Romans 10 and verse 17. We see, ah, this is why God wants us to have faith. Because if we'll have faith, we can overcome. But see, faith, there's a statement. Think about this. How can you choose... Faith is belief and and, uh, trust, so to speak. How can you choose to believe in something if you don't know that it's true? Faith begins where the will of God is known. So if the devil, our enemy, and the master of corruption can keep us from knowledge of the truth, you remember the sweet knowledge of, of him? Sweet. If he can keep us from that sweet knowledge of God, then we won't have manifestation of the promises of God. And so he'll tell people, God hates you. God doesn't God like you. Maybe he'll do it, maybe not. Well, he liked that person, but he likes them more than you. No, it's got nothing to do with that. God is not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. Why? Because he put in us the responsibility of faith. And he's given to every man the measure of faith in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. To every man's been given the measure of faith. So he said, I'm going to give every man and woman on the earth, I'm going to give them the tools to move into the blessing. I'm going to give them that measure of faith, and they can take that faith and they can overcome the world. Many people are sitting there with the tools in their hand, but the devil's told them they don't have it. The devils told them they don't have the tools. They're not good enough. And what they've done is they believe that they're not good enough instead of believing in God's belief in them. I believe in you. I believe in you so much. I'll send my son to die for you. I'm calling you to win. I want you to win. But you've got to apply what I've given you. You have to apply. In order to win, you've got to take what I've made available and use those things. 
You know, like that fishing rod. You can't just leave it on the shelf all the time and think it's going to work right. I've got to use it. You know, what happens to a car? I know uh, Mr. Mr. Eddie, I know he likes cars. What happens to a car if it just sits there and is not used? It rots all those lines. But if it's used, it'll keep it working. It'll keep it pliable. Even if it's just a little bit, it'll keep it pliable. But you let it sit there, it will rot to pieces. It will rot. Same thing with a house. It needs to be used. It needs to be utilized. Just like those fishing rods. They needed to be used, and when they weren't used, they broke. Now, praise God, the Lord was merciful that day, and he let me have a great story. A great story. But he's letting you, he's also using that story today to show you that if it hadn't have been for the mercy of God in that moment, what we were supposed to be responsible for would not have worked. You've heard the statement, don't wait to the battle to load your weapon. I've said that multiple times. Don't wait to the battle to load your weapon. In other words, many people, they're not going to church until they need something. What about if we just stayed built up in faith? And faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And then, you know, the devil comes and he's like trying to pick on you and everything. And, and, and you're sitting there and you're just going through the world. You're being a Christian and everything. But you've been working on your faith. You've been working on your faith. And all of a sudden, the devil comes up, he tries to pick on somebody. But he doesn't see the man on the inside. All of a sudden, right in the middle of that attack, you're like, oh, you just thought I was a weak little Christian. You don't know! You know? Like, and the devil's like, oh, no, he looks like Jesus. Because we've been working on our faith. I got the word on the inside of me. I know I'm the healed of the Lord. I know I'm the prosperous. This is what we all should be saying. I know that I'm blessed and not cursed. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. All this is scriptures straight out of Deuteronomy 28, just these. I know that he sent the word and healed me. That by his stripes, I'm not waiting on healing. I know that I already have healing by his stripes. I know that he's given me the power to get wealth. He's given me the ability to get abundance, and he adds no sorrow to it. I won't be like these Hollywood stars that have all kinds of wealth, but they're all depressed. No, I'll have the joy of the Lord. Glory to God. And it'll shine, and it'll show. And the devil comes, why? Because we didn't wait till we got the cancer to apply it. Now here's the thing, maybe you can go to a place where you never even get cancer because the joy and the anointing of the Lord's flowing in you. Why? Because the word works and you've sat under an anointed word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Now in context, if you read through this in Romans 10, it says just if you'll back up, Back up to verse 8, it says, Romans 10, 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. See, the word of God, the promises of God, they have to be in our heart and they have to be in our mouth. They have to be in our heart and in our mouth. We have to be speaking that word. We have to be speaking what God says about us, not what the world says. The The world says stuff like, Well, that just kills me. No, he's leading you to victory in life. The world says, well, I take one step forward and two steps back. No, God says, I'm making your step, every one, brighter and brighter and brighter. See, that's contrary to what God's saying about you. You've got to have the word in your heart and the word in your mouth. So when the devil comes and he tries to you know, squeeze something into you, he squeezes the wrong person. And out comes the word of God, the life of God, the fullness of God. All of a sudden he puts pressure on you and healing comes out of your mouth. He puts pressure on you and prosperity comes out. Protection comes out. No, nah, that can't happen. That can't be so. Because I know Christ. And as he is, so am I in this world. You start to see these things. The devil puts pressure on you. And out comes the promises of God. 
Because you've been putting it in. He says the word is near you in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word of faith that we are preaching. Say that with me again. The word of faith. The word of faith that we're preaching. That is when you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe him in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell? Saved from a lack of fellowship with God? Saved from sickness? Saved from disease? Saved from being poor? Saved from calamity? Saved from everything? Delivered from everything? When the word is preached and we confess Jesus as Lord and believe that God raised him from the, from the dead, we'll be saved. We'll be saved. Saved from what? I ask again. What do you need saving from? He's a savior. That's his character. That's his nature. And the word works. If we'll work the word. He says, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with it the person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For Scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek. Let me put it in modern day terms. There's no distinction between American and African. There's no distinction between European and Russian. There's no distinction between white and black. There's no distinction between uh, Latin American and, and Caucasian. There's no distinction. He says, look, I'm not a respecter of persons, but I do respect faith. So I don't care who you are. If you will put faith in God, God will meet you at your faith. Yeah. If you put faith in God, God will meet you at your faith. For, there, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is the Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on Him. Verse 13, for whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. 14, now watch this. Watch what happens here. Watch what he's describing. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how will they believe in him whom they've not heard? So in other words, in order for people to call on him, they got to make a decision, I believe on you. But he says, how will they believe on God if they've not heard? How will they believe on him in whom they've not heard? So if they haven't heard about the goodness of God, if they've not heard about how he wants to save them, how he's a good God, and knowledge of him is sweet, if you've not heard that, then how will you believe on them? And then he says this, but how will they hear? How will they hear without a preacher? See, God's design is to get a crazy preacher that'll tell you silly stories about fishing and sweet and things like that. But in it, it's not just words. There's something being transferred. You know, you, you may be sitting there going, I don't know and understand all this. You don't have to. You don't have to. God's, ma God's made this system... So that, let, let's say that you got one person that is just, you know, dumber than a box of rocks. And you've got sitting next to them the NASA scientist that's got umpteen million patents to their name. Both of them have the measure of faith. And, and receiving Christ is not based off of understanding it all in our physical brain. It's understanding it in your heart. And he said, I will give a preacher and what will look like to the world, the foolishness of preaching. It looks foolish. But yet, when they will preach my word, there's something that will be transferred. There's something that will be transferred to them, and that is knowledge 
that God is good, knowledge that God wants them saved, and knowledge that if they will call out, they'll be saved. And what is it? That's the faith in who God is. And when you, no matter if, if, if you fall into the NASA category or the other category, if you with your heart will say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in your word. I heard your word preached today. And by faith, by faith, I receive it. God says, they can be saved. And I can get my sweet knowledge to them and manifest it to them. But it comes by sitting under some silly preacher sometimes, what it feels like. Some, what the world would say, foolish preacher. Foolish preaching. He says, how will they believe if they've not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? This is God's way. Why do you go to that church? Because it's God's way. But that doesn't even make sense to listen to a man talk about uh, somebody, uh, you know, Jesus from 2,000 years ago. I know it might not make sense to you. But this is God's way, and I trust him. And when you put faith on him, you'll get stuff that you don't even know about. He'll start answering questions you didn't even know you had. He'll start solving problems you never even knew were coming up. He'll start bringing solutions and protection. And he'll have a preacher from the, from the platform say, This week, supernatural protection in Jesus' name. And you didn't know you were going to be driving down the highway with a tire coming at your windshield. But how much did you need that foolish preaching that week? This is what God does. This is how he operates. You didn't know you needed financial breakthrough. You didn't know that you needed that debt cancellation like you did. But yet then the Lord in his goodness, in his sweet manifestation of the knowledge of him. He'll bring about his goodness, his love in your life. But it's foolish preaching. But how can they hear? How can they believe if they've not heard? How can they hear if they don't have a preacher? See, we've got to put ourselves under a foolishness of preaching so that the anointing of God can come forth, so that it builds faith inside of us, so that when the Lord calls us to act on something, faith is there. There's something there to utilize. So what good would it be for me to have, in that story, thrown out the bobber and the hook with no bait on the line? No, I, I needed bait on the line, or else I wouldn't have had that story to tell you. What good would it be for me to go through the motions but not have faith? No, we got to have faith. We got, we got to put the word to work inside our lives. But you don't get the word without sitting under preaching. It's got to be preached to you. Watch this. He says, how will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they're sent? they got to be sent. See, every, every week, now watch this, every week when you give into the offering, you are sending a slew of preachers into the world to preach. Later this week, I'm going to be in Juarez, Mexico, preaching the gospel. Why? Because you guys at Boomerang are sending a preacher there. And people are going to be born again. And they're going, to, they're going to come to know God. And they're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost and filled with fire. Why? Because you're sending a preacher right. that will preach to them about the goodness of God. Amen. We're sending every week, even if I wasn't going to Mexico this week. Every week when you sow into the kingdom here, you're sowing preachers on a lunch broadcast every single day on Lunch Plus preaching that's going out to the world people watching all over the world people here watching growing in how to apply faith and win every week you are sending preachers and this is what the bible says how can they preach unless they're sent then he says this just as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of good things However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now let me add this. Preached. Hearing. The word works. But you must get under the word. 
Now I want you to catch something. Faith comes by hearing. Keep that up there. Verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we know from the scriptures we just read, this is not just the word of God. This is the word of God preached. Now let me, let me show you something. When I preach the word, am I preaching just for your mind to understand it? Is that what that verse says is transferred? No, that's not what that verse says is transferred. What that verse says is transferred is what? Faith. I preach and faith is imparted. Faith is imparted. And faith is what's necessary to overcome the world. The word works, but we have to work the word. And how do we work the word? We utilize faith. So when you sit under the word preached, then faith is transferred and imparted, and now it's our job to utilize that faith, stand in that faith, and apply what the Word says we can have. To apply it. We have to move in that way. But I want you to see this. When I preach, this is why the world calls it foolishness, because what I preach doesn't always have to make sense. What's important is that I'm carrying an anointing and there's, is faith natural or supernatural? Physical or spiritual? So we're not talking about a natural transfer. We're talking about a supernatural transfer. And so that's why it's important for us to not just sit under somebody who just makes it clear in our head. And he says the wisdom of the kingdom of God doesn't come by the world's understanding and by worldly knowledge and worldly philosophy. It comes by the foolishness of preaching. It says this, you have the anointing and you know. In other words, knowing what we need to know comes when a preacher is not just preaching, but a preacher is carrying an anointing. And when a preacher carries an anointing, there's a spiritual transfer, and then now you have what you need to apply faith. That's why you don't want to listen to every preacher. But you want, see, the word works, but we got to know how to work the word. And we work the word by our faith. And when faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God preached, then all of a sudden we'll move over into 1 John 5, 4, and it says, this is the victory that will overcome the world. Now I want you right now, I want you to think, what victory is it that I need in my life right now? What is that victory that I need right now? Start thinking about it. What is, I need breakthrough in this right now. I need breakthrough in my finances. I need breakthrough in my health. I need breakthrough. Just think about it right now. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Now let me ask you this question. Do you need saving from that situation? Does anybody in here know a Savior? Anybody got a, any clue who might feel that role of a Savior? Anybody who knows that if I'll put faith on him, he'll bring about the victory and he'll bring about that saving that I need. I, I know a Savior. His name is Jesus. And it doesn't matter what you need. God will save you from it. And let me just add something. Because sometimes you run in, uh, into places in life where you don't even feel like you have any needs. You don't even feel like, like I'm doing good. We're paying our bills. We got some stuff in savings. We got the retirement home, and I don't even have to work anymore. I just do it because I want to. Now, not everybody's there, but I'm not just talking about, you know, somebody who's completely arrived in every area of life, but maybe you've arrived in just one of them, and we'll relax. But here's the thing. The Bible says in Romans 4, a lack of faith is sin. Just recently, I was listening to Brother Jerry uh, Savelle, and uh, he, he had decided just to, uh, you know, not really, he, he hadn't done this kind of consciously, it had just kind of happened. He just realized that he had come to a place, and God checked him on, he said, I'm not applying faith toward, towards a jet anymore. Now, that's not what he said, he just kind of ended up there. I'm not applying faith towards a plane anymore. And, and the Lord said, 
you're just going to let your faith sit there and do nothing? How irresponsible with the measure that I've given you. To whom much is given, much is required. And he said, I, I change stuff real quick. Because I realized I had potential in me through Christ that I was burying in the sand. So it might not just be that you're in a bad spot that you need saving. Maybe you need saving from mediocrity, but your mediocrity is just higher than others. Yeah. Maybe your average is just higher than others, but that's what you need saving from. Maybe God needs somebody that'll think big. Maybe God needs somebody that'll think millionaire, billionaire status. Because who else is listening? Not many, I can tell you that. To whom much has been given, much is required. How about we don't stop just because we've gotten older or just because we've arrived, but we keep pressing into the things of God and we move into the great overflow that God has for us. Let it challenge you. And if you're not there yet, you know, let it be a goal that you understand that even when I get there, I won't stop. I'm not stopping. Believe in God for fruit. Who are we that when the king comes walking by, we don't have fruit on us? And what fruit is available? Well, what God are we talking about? Are we talking about a God that just does little stuff? No, we're talking about a big God. A big, big, big God. As far as we know right now, besides God and the angels, we're the only one in this universe. We're not aware of any other ones, basically. Some people think that there's aliens that are all around and they probably just don't know too much about spiritual things. There are probably more angels and demons that are just manifesting because time's getting drawn to a, a close. But here's the thing. As far as we know, we're the only ones in this universe with concrete evidence in that way, outside of the spiritual. Why in the world did God need billions of galaxies with billions of stars in each one? You think his thinking is just limited to this earth? I mean, I'm looking just across this, this congregation, and I see green and purple and orange and chartreuse and blue, peach, black, white, blues, grays. I mean, God could have just had two shades of gray, and we'd have been fine. Why did he give us all those colors? Keith Moore brought up a thing one time. He said, he said, did you know that there are tons and tons of bananas that fall to the jungle floor and rot every single year? So many bananas, the monkeys can't eat them all. Yeah. <laughs> now, why would God do that? Did you know that God knew how many fish would fit in that net? Yet he kept giving. Yet he kept giving. Why? Because we have an abundant God. An excessive God. We have a God that increases. We have a God that doesn't want to just save you from where you're at now. He wants to take you to the heights of heaven. He wants your eyes and your mind set on bigger things. I'm talking to somebody right now that's probably got less than $100 in their bank account. But the Lord's talking to you and saying, I want you to be one of my millionaires. I want you to break out. It's interesting how it's got a financial bend on the message today. A thread of it. God wants some breakthrough. How are you going to get breakthrough in your finances or breakthrough in your thinking? It's preached with an anointing. That anointing will cause faith for you to rise up. And all of a sudden you won't think average anymore. You won't think mediocrity anymore. Because you're thinking under an anointing of an all-powerful God who has all things in his hands. It's time for us to stop thinking like the world's taught us to think. 
to see our Savior that can save us from, from mediocrity, save us from what the world calls normal, and move us into what God calls normal. Yeah. God's got big plans for you. He wants to break your life open. Amen. He wants to break it free. He wants to take it up to new heights. He's talking to you today. Yeah. The question is, what is that thing you need saving from? Maybe add a few more things to the list. What's happened today? You heard the word preached, and the word works. And what the word did is it put faith inside of you. It started imparting faith in you. And when you come up in a few minutes, you're going to take that faith that's freshly been given into your spirit, man. You're going to take that faith and you're going to come up here to this altar and you're going to pray and you're going to release that faith and all of a sudden you're going to receive what God has for you and you're going to receive that breakthrough. It's starting right now. Even healing happening right now in bodies. Overflow happening right now because you've got a big God and a good God and He loves you and He's got great plans for you. For your life to give you a future and a hope and not for calamity you got a good God he loves you with an everlasting love and when you meet him at this altar today with your faith he's going to meet you at your faith I just want you to close your eyes right now I want you to be thinking about what you need. You know, the first step to knowing what you need and being saved is for your relationship to be made right with God. See, I think a lot of people in here know that they're going to heaven. Maybe there's some that don't know that. Do you know that you know that you know God comes back today for his people. You know that you know that you know and you have zero doubts. Zero doubt about where you're going. If you don't know that you're going to be with him in heaven and you know I need to know that today. See, once we become, we receive Jesus, we become a part of the family. You have an inheritance. And the saving that I'm talking about, the increase, the abundance, the flow, all of that is yours in Christ. But we got to remember that verse we read. we got to take him by the hand. He'll lead us to triumph every time and manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. But we have to take him by the hand. In other words, he's got to be the Lord. He's got to be calling the shots, not you, not your logic. Jesus needs to be calling the shots. And today, if you haven't known him, but you're saying, I need to know that I know, I need him today. I just ask you right now, I need to know him. I need to make Jesus my Lord. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I, I need to know that I know. I need to have no question in my heart. If that's you, I just ask you to raise your hand right now. I need to know. I need my relationship right. Just lift your hand. I see that. Anyone else? Glory to God. I need to know that I know that I know. I need my relationship right with God. You can put your hand down. How about this? How about, I, I think I'm going to heaven, but I know my relationship with God needs to be better. Let me tell you something. There's a verse in Acts, it's Acts 17, 28. It says, in him, in Jesus, we live and move and have our being. In other words, in Christ, everything that we need to manifest, it'll manifest when our relationship is right. When our fellowship with God is right. How many people, just every head bowed still, how many people you would just say, I need to get my relationship right today. If that's you, just raise your hand. Hold it up. I see that. Anybody else? I need that relationship right. Anyone else? I need, I need God's blessing on my life. And I know it comes through relationship. 
Anyone else? I want to give you a second. I can feel the Lord tugging on hearts and saying, hey, you need to raise your hand. You need to be a part of that. If that's you, just raise your hand now. Holy Spirit, just help them and strengthen them to be who you've called them to be and to walk in your saving grace. I need my relationship where it, where it should be. I need it to be whole. I need it to be strong. If that's you, just raise your hand and keep it up just long enough so I can see it. I'll, amen, I see that. I see that. Anybody else? Remember what I said. When you reach out to him with your faith, he will meet you at that place. When you raise your hand, that's you saying, Lord, I put faith in you today. Save me. Anybody else? I need my relationship right. Amen, I see that. Anybody else? I need that relationship right. I need your help, Lord. I can't do this by myself. And let me ask this one, one more question. Just keep your head bowed. Today, you recognize, you know, I may have known Jesus, but man, something bad happened in my life. There was tragedy. I... Maybe, maybe I backslid, I fell off. I just fell off. And I know it's not been right since then, but it, today I need to renew that relationship with God. It's got to be right today. I, did, I didn't necessarily mean to, or maybe I meant to, but whatever. Something in life happened. But I know today the Lord's asking me to call out on him today. If that's you, you just call out right now, raise your hand for that in Jesus' name. I need to get my relationship right. I let it get off track, but today it needs to be right. I'm going to give you a few more seconds, 10 seconds. It's interesting when I watch people and they'll raise their hand, it's like they don't want to raise their hand a lot of times because of fear and the devil tries to get in their head and everything. But then you watch them when they raise their hand, and all of a sudden it's like the love of God just starts to instantly touch their lives. It's such a relief. You're like, I knew I needed to do that. <laughs> I knew it. I'm so, and the Lord's like smiling on you. Is there anybody else? I need to get my relationship right. Five more seconds. Raise it now and let the Lord save you. Anyone else? Three, two, one, amen. Glory to God. Now, if you raised your hand, I don't want to embarrass you, but I want you to make that decision, that step of faith. I want you to just stand up right where you're at right now. If you raised your hand for any of those, just stand up right where you're at. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. If you raised your hand for any one of those three, go ahead and stand up. Lord, strengthen them now. Glory to God. And as you stand up, God's meeting you. He's meeting you. Maybe you didn't raise your hand. Let me just ask this section over here. Look up here at me. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know I should have. I need to be standing right now. If there's anybody in this section, you just say, I need to be standing up. I need God to save me in what I'm doing. I just ask. Right now, just stand up right there and give them a hand when they stand up. Amen? Anybody here that needs, I need to stand up. I need to walk that out. The Lord says this. He says, look, if you'll confess me in front of men, I'll confess you in front of the Father. When you stand up and raise your hand, you're saying, Jesus, I'm confessing you. By faith, I got to have you. Is there anybody you need to stand up? I ask you, go ahead, stand up. Even if I go over here and you need to, go ahead. Anybody over here, I need to stand up. I've got to get my relationship right. I know I've got to get my relationship. Amen. Thank you. Amen. I need to get my relationship where it needs to be. I ask you, just stand up. Now, come here. I want to pray for you real quick. Father, I just thank you for hearts right now. Thank you. If there's anybody else and the Lord's just drawing on your heart and you know you got to get here, just come on up. And if somebody moves, y'all just... That's a great thing. That's not a problem. You know, it's not, it's not that you're a horrible person. It's that you just are going to a higher level right now. Here, come on in here. 
Come on in here. Squeeze on in. Glory to God. Now I just, I want everybody in here to pray. Everybody. Just pray out loud. Just say, Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Say it with your mouth. Say it out loud. Jesus, you're my Lord. You're the Savior of my life. I believe that you died for me and that you took my sins. And I believe that that sin took you to the cross and to the grave. And I believe that God brought you back to life. And when He raised you up from that grave, you did not leave me there. You didn't leave me in a place of death. Say it with me, Jesus. You didn't leave me in a place of lack. But you raised me up in you. And I praise you. You're my Lord, the director of my life. I will do what you say. Today, I am renewing fellowship with you. I'm walking in the fullness of what you have for me. And I thank you. Say this last part. Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit and with fire so that I can walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen.